Hello, and welcome to Get Glowing. I'm your host and beauty coach, Hanny Patel. I like to say that beauty is an inside-out job and that a little extra self-care goes a long way in supporting a more confident you. If you're like me and you're wanting to glow a little brighter, if you have a curiosity about skincare, makeup, and all the things that make us beautiful, you're in the right place. And along the way, we'll be talking with highly knowledgeable beauty advisors who are going to share their expertise with us, give us great insider tips and tricks, and tell us their personal stories on how they've learned to create their own unique beauty. So let's get the beauty, the fun, and the community started as we build ourselves up from the inside out and get glowing together. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Get Glowing with Hanny. Today, I want to talk to you about skin health and what does it really mean to be aging and what can we do about it? I am super excited about today's guest. Sue Lydell is here with us. Sue is a master licensed skincare specialist. And she's been practicing for nearly 20 years and has reached the highest level of skincare certification that you can achieve. Sue is recognized as a thought leader in the field of skin health. Sue provides cutting edge services like medical grade peels and device therapy in her office. Plus, Sue is going to share with us today some of her recommendations on how we can take great care of our skin ourselves at home which is especially helpful right now while we're all in quarantine and can't get out to see a specialist and get our facials. This is the kind of stuff that I could talk about for hours, and I'm so excited that I get to talk to Sue about this today. Welcome to the show, Sue. Hi, Annie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here because I... I'm just so excited about the topics that we're going to talk about today. So you're a master licensed skincare specialist, which I think a lot of us know as a master esthetician. Is that accurate? Is that another way to say it? Okay. And I know that you are committed not only to providing skincare services to your patients, but you're also very passionate about working with them to educate them on how to achieve their best skin. Yes. That's definitely my passion. So I think it's so important, especially during these times, to educate women about how to take care of themselves at home, especially with so many women losing their jobs right now and people on furlough. It's so important for people to know what they can do at home to take care of themselves so that they're, they're looking great. And when you feel like you look good, it definitely changes the energy that you put out to the world. Well, I just love that you just said that because that's really what this podcast is about. It's like when I was thinking about creating it, it's like what makes you feel good, makes you look good on the outside, starts making you feel better on the inside. So I know that I'm always looking to learn more about my skin and I want to look as good as I can for as long as I can. So I'm like really, really excited that I get to talk to you today and ask you all the questions that I'm always so (laughs) curious about. So I'm really excited about that. But, But before we go there... I have a question for you. I've been asking my guests and I would love to know, what is your earliest beauty memory? So I have two of them. The funniest one is being around seven years old and watching my mother transition her hair color from blonde to red. But she mixed up the wrong formulation and ended up with like bright purple hair. Oh my (laughs) gosh, no way. Definitely. The wonderful to you know to see my mom take beauty into her own hands, and I guess that really separates when you need the professionals and when you could do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I would say 
my next would be um, wait no but before we jump on yes. off of that I want to know a little bit more about this story so what was this color purple like it how- was like bright at the time it was right around Easter and we were laughing because she looked like an advent candle I don't know if you're familiar with that looks like but it's like this like a really lovely purple deep a little deeper than lavender and we were just in stitches and she has such a great sense of humor so it was so funny but off she ran and I think it took them about eight hours to get the color to like a acceptable red <laughs> so she didn't go with the purple she did like no, go, yes, go to the no, red yes, she, yes. <laughs> So we had a good laugh about that. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. So now has that turned you off of like doing your own hair at home or does that like make you feel like I'm inspired? Yes, I feel absolutely inspired. But I know for myself that I just can't accomplish the same color that they can. So I usually leave it to the professionals to do my color. Right, right. So what have you been doing well, we can't get out to get our hair colored right now. Well, luckily, the salon has been making my hair color, so I've been able to go and pick it up. How oh, about you? Have you been able to do anything like that? Perfect for you. You know, I have been coloring my hair at home for a really, really long time. Yeah. Actually, yeah. use a service called E Salon. Oh. It's, yeah, they actually, I've been using them probably close to 10 years now, and they match, you can send them pictures. And you can chat with them. You can talk with them. I've gone through multiple iterations over the years, especially as my grays have gotten deeper and greater and harder to cover. Like the formulas change and they like custom make a color for you. And so I've been using them. So I really haven't had to change my routine at all because that's what I'm used to doing. But I know a lot of people have had that, but I've already had to do yeah. it twice actually yes. since we've been I, at home because I, I couldn't yes. believe it. Like last because like I got to do my hair again because it has been that long. And you know, that's what's helpful with the blonde is that it seems to mask of the grays a little bit more. So yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, okay. So back, I'll tell you a little funny story. My daughter is 11 now, but when she was three, there was one day she asked me, she's like, mommy, what's this line in my hair? And I was like, oh, Kieran, that's called a part. And she goes, well, why is it called a part? I'm like, well, on one side, your hair goes this way. And on the other side of the part, your hair goes the other way. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, you have a part too. And I said, I do. And she goes, yeah, except for yours has white in it. <laughs> that's out of the mouth of babes right you can like, always count on our mothers and our children to tell us the truth that's right that's exactly right and I was like yeah it does have white thanks a lot for pointing that out yeah. <laughs> and it's time to call this lot that's right <laughs> I'm to look in the show notes to get the name of that that um yeah show, I'll, I'll let you know e-salon e-salon yep e-salon.com they're awesome I'll send you the information, but all right. So you said that what's your second beauty memory that you were going to talk about? So my second one was, it was probably around 13 years old. And my girlfriends and I were sitting around the table talking about different mascaras and what they were accomplishing. And at that point I had been playing around with with makeup and I had like a whole list of my go-tos. Don't buy, don't waste your money. This is definitely worth it. And I remember just that conversation being impactful for my friends. And they were like taking notes. And, and someone had reached out to me afterwards and said, hey, thanks so much for telling me about that because it really changed how my eyes look. And I realized at that moment 
One, just the power of how women communicate and how we share information and we share stories and we share all this information to help bolster each other. You know, that was one thing that stood out to me, even at that age. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other was when you share that kind of information and you help other women look good and feel good, um, even at 13, it was wonderful to see my friends light up because they felt like they look good, you know, and that was, if I had that information, be able to give it to them and that kind of stuff with me. I love that because that's something that I get so much fun out of. Like, mm-hmm. I just love sharing information. Like if I find a new yes. product or if I like find a new yes. way of using something, like I just want to tell everybody. So that's uh, right. Our little tribes of women, we were viral before viral was hip. We that's right. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like a good tip. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And women are such great communicators that we talk. So I feel like it's so valuable if you have some good, juicy information to pass it along that's going to help somebody, you know, look and feel their best. Totally. So now you're a master licensed skin specialist. Would you tell us, what does that mean? Like, what is it that you do? And then also like, when did you know that's what you wanted to do? How did you get into it? Well, I had transitioned from social work. So I had studied psychology and women's studies in college. I went on to perform social work the inner city in Atlanta. And I realized that I just felt discouraged. And I continue to help and give back voluntarily now in different organizations. So many of them are like women focused and bolstering women in everyday life, actually. But And I love nutrition and I love fitness and wellness. And what comes along with that is skincare. So I went on and got my skin license. And then to your point earlier about being a master level esthetician, I feel like you really cannot be your best unless you know the ins and outs. And as much as you possibly can, you continue your education always. And that way you can deliver the best information and the best service to your clients. And then you get the best outcome. So the uh, next level would be to get my master's license. So that basically means that I doubled the amount of hours that were required for my original license. Uh, then you test for it and then you're awarded. And I just uh, had to do like my recertification uh, over quarantine. So it was like perfect timing, actually. So I was, uh, I went ahead and did that. But the learning doesn't stop there. You know, that helps people really understand your level of commitment, I think. So when you have your master's license, it's something that everybody can relate to. And they can say, okay, I know that this person is invested in my care because they're going on to get this education. But you're always educating. So I'm constantly reading studies, articles, you know, when I'm doing services like microneedling and studying how other physicians have practiced with microneedling. And then I can adjust my delivery of the treatment. I see. Okay. And then why would we want to go see someone like you? What are the benefits to us? Well, you're seeing a professional and we're doing all of the work for someone, for our clients, so that we can get an understanding of what I think is so confusing because there's so much information out there and we're doing all the reading and the research. So we narrow down exactly what someone should do, worth their investment, what's not worth their investment. And when I see people at work, I have them come back uh, through different skin cycles so I can make sure that they're getting the uh, delivery of change that they're paying for. So I'm accountable to their results. And at that point, 
you know, while watching them on their journey and I'm walking with them and guiding them through this journey of, of changing their skin transformation, they'll give me feedback and say, okay, you know what? I'm perfectly happy with how I'm looking right now. I'm so happy. I see the change. And it's, you know, undeniable, tangible change that you see. It's not like maybe this, you know, is working. I mean, you see it. So, and if it's not, then we'll say, okay, let's, let's ramp it up. You know, let's start introducing some professional services to get, you know, to your next level. Mm-hmm. And I work for a facial plastic surgeon. So it's wonderful because if it's not something that I can accomplish, you know, I can send them to the physician that I work for and, you know, he can perform different services that, you know, are out of my scope of practice. Okay, great. Oh, wow, that's, I love that because you actually can see the results of your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that. Yes. Yeah. So not, it's not only got to be satisfying for your patients who see their transformation. I love that you use the word transformation because it's not like an overnight thing, right? It's like right. over time yes. and you're working with them, building a relationship to like have a skin journey with them. Right, exactly. And I mean, you think about how long it took them to get to where they're at. You know, many women that I see are, I would say most of them are beginning that in their maybe late 30s. And then onwards, you know, I've done all therapy on women that are in their 80s, you know, which I think is the most optimistic thing, by the way. You know, I, I love like, that. wonderful that they're mm-hmm. still invested, you know, that's so fantastic. And then I can guide them through it and say, okay, this is worth your time and money. And this isn't worth your time and money. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's so helpful to have me to guide them through that and make the appropriate suggestions. Because when you see the change for them, it is life changing. You know, when you prepare someone for their son's wedding or their daughter's wedding, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So you get to like be a part of a, a yes. life process for them too. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just the most wonderful transformation for people. And to see them radiant on these days, they send me the pictures and they're so grateful. And I'm so thrilled for them, you know, to be a part of that for this moment in their life. Oh, I love that. So I have a question. What is like, I know that there's, Oftentimes I go see a dermatologist. Well, I have an esthetician. Like what's the relationship there? And should we be seeing both? Should we be seeing one over another? Excellent question. Um, So dermatologists work with skin disease where I work with skin health. So I'm promoting and stimulating these changes, cellular changes for people for their best skin and healthiest skin. I send my patients or clients to dermatologists when I see skin disease. So there are some things that I can help, you know, like acne and rosacea and to a certain degree, like eczema with some topicals, but really, you know, somebody that has eczema or they have like beginnings of cancers and things like that or cancer, skin cancers, you know, I'm sending them right to the dermatologist. I see anything suspicious, they're going to dermatologist. Mm. We work very closely with several wonderful dermatologists and their keen eye and their knowledge has, and their expertise really, you know, in performing like most surgeries and things like that, skin cancer removal is amazing because you really want a skilled physician performing those procedures. So that would be the relationship between the two of us. Very different, but we work together. Right. Okay. So it's not like pick one or the other, you really kind of see you for one set of 
treatments and a dermatologist for something different. And so it's right. not like one can replace the other. Right, exactly. Yes. A lot of dermatologists will have somebody on staff that does what I do, like, a, you know, cosmetic dermatologists and things like that. Okay, wonderful. So now you brought up the, you know, people at different stages and you kind of help them figure out what's going on. So I'm curious, like, what is aging? Like, let's talk about this thing that yes. we're just like all trying to battle. Yes. Like, what is happening to our bodies as we age? Because that's what you say, you're kind of focused on that and helping people through that journey. So I'm just like dying so, to know what is going on inside of me. What? <laughs> <laughs> and can I do anything about yes, it? Can I do anything about it? Exactly. Yes, it's a two-part yes. question. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so for the first part, what is interesting when people see me is that they want to know what they can do for themselves. And it's such a unique, very customized interaction with somebody when you're talking to them, when you're consulting with them, because every person's aging is a little bit different. So you want to target what's best for them. But generally speaking, you know, there are about four components that really comprise facial aging and bone loss, loss of volume really is one of the big players. I don't think people think about how their bones. No, I don't think about that at all. Bone reabsorption. So you're getting the, you know, flattening of the mid-face bones, uh, the mandible uh, bones. So that's where you you start to see that the recession causes a lot of that redundancy, like the jowling, the mandible is going to recess a little bit. So that's, you know, your jawbone. And you're going to see like the uh, little bit of the redundancy at the neck, the upper neck, you know, right underneath the chin, you get to see a little bit of that like loose skin, Oh yeah, uh-huh. the, I know that. Yes, I know. Well, and that's muscle too. So I'll get to that next. But, okay. Uh, the eye sockets will widen, so that's where you start to see now. You know, you have the uh, tissue that's hanging down over the eyes uh, because the eye sockets are going to get larger and wider. Oh. Um, the nasal bones change, so the chin you know, the bones of the chin. So all of these things cause changes in how the muscle attaches and then how the skin redrapes over all of that. Wow. So we're Um, actually going through like structural changes to our faces. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And then the muscles atrophy, so they shrink up. And then the fat, you start to lose some of the fat in the face and it also plumps. So it redistributes a little bit differently. So all of those things are really the key players and then in the skin itself the collagen shrinks up and you have less of the hydrating agents in the dermis and without all of those you know collagen protein fibers you're losing some of the structural integrity of the skin you lose some of the hydration in the skin so uh, that's how you're seeing like the facial aging changes in the skin there's also you know and I'll get to Later, you know, we'll talk about some topicals and things like that, but, you know, and how to stimulate that process again so that you don't see as much of the visible signs of aging. But I don't think that people realize that when they come in for a consultation, that there are all these players, you know, that are causing what they see. Mm -hmm. No, definitely not. Like, I think most of us probably just look at ourselves and say, I see some wrinkles. I see some sagging. Like 
what can I slap on here to yes, exactly. <laughs> and they don't realize how deep, you know, those changes go. Yeah. Uh, and that really plays a role. So when you're talking about like, I'd say the easiest way to change some of like the fat loss to replace the fat would be like with a hyaluronic acid base injection, you know, the fillers, you know, huh. you can give an instant lift but you have to go to the right person. So you want to go to somebody, you know, a provider that's going to have a very natural approach. So it should be undetectable. I mean, plastic surgery gets such a bad name because we see these people walking around that have like altered appearances. But when, when it's performed properly, I mean, it looks very natural and completely undetectable. Interesting. No, and I do think that makes such a big difference because I think there are some women who, you know, my friends myself included, like we get, whether it's fillers or Botox, but it can look very natural. Like it doesn't look mm-hmm. like things have been done. Right. And then you see right. some other people where they just went very drastic. So right. let me ask you a question. So how do you, like when someone comes into your office, how do you decide like, what's the right treatment for them? And then how do you try to like keep them from overdoing it, like holding them back and reining them back because, you know, I want to change overnight. Like I don't want things. Like I'm not patient. I don't want to wait. So like, how do you, yes, exactly. How do you manage this? They're like, are definitely instant gratification. Well, like I was saying earlier, it really depends on where that person's at and what they want to accomplish. I set realistic expectations. I'll go through point by point with them. I want them to point out to me initially what they see. So I'm sure to target those areas because I want them to see improvement on what's really drawing their eye. But because I study faces all day, every day, I will give them my honest opinion about what really is going to give them their biggest bang for their buck. And it might not be something that they're focused on. The perfect example of that is when people come in and talk about neck laxity. So when they see their neck, but Meanwhile, they have a face full of pigment, they have deep wrinkles, and, you know, maybe they are a candidate for a blepharoplasty, you know, an upper eyelid surgery or or something like that. So they're focused on their neck, but I can guarantee them that someone looking at them is making an assessment in less than a second, and they're not looking at their neck, you know, and all the attention is placed at the eyes. So... One of the best ways is to clear up the pigment for them and to reduce the severity and depth of the wrinkles, which can be accomplished with topicals. Maybe if it's really severe, they have a lot of photo damage. They can see the physician that I work for and they can, you know, have laser or something like that. And then a blepharoplasty. That would give them really the changes that they're looking for. So they, they're coming to me for that guidance and I can tell them, you know, what is going to deliver their best results. But each person has aged differently, has cared for their body differently, has, you know, some people exercising, some people are eating really well, they're laying off of the sugars, um, which definitely impacts how we age and what our skin looks like. Sugar? Um, mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, there's like another downside to sugar. I know, exactly. I know, could it be? Um, I didn't know. I thought that was just my hips I had to worry about with the sugar, not my face. I know, it's awful. It is. I mean, it causes inflammation, it causes glycation. So it does, it really tried to stay away from the sugars. But 
you know, and, and some people have been living out in the sun. They've been living at the beach their entire lives. You know, we live, I'm in New Jersey and we live on the coast and all everybody's, you know, at the beach and enjoying the short summer that we have. So they have a lot of photo gap. So, but other people don't, you know, they've been really savvy about wearing sunscreens and hats and things like that. And so people come to different places, you know, when they, when they come to see me, there are different points in their aging. So interesting. It's true. So because like, I would think, for me, like I'll go in to see an esthetician. I'm kind of like, I know what I'm looking for, but right. that's the wrong approach. It sounds like, right? Like you're saying like a really good esthetician, like you're working with them and they're going to guide you yes. as you are talking exactly. about. So what, right. what advice would you give to our listeners who, you know, want to take care of their skins, want to look as good as they can? Like what's the best, like, mental attitude to go in with when we come to see someone like you? Um, well, one, I think you need to make sure that you're going to someone that knows what they're doing. So I would look for reviews. I would look for uh, just like women, you know, spread information. They're going to tell you who is educated and they're current and they're staying on top of their game. So that's going to be important because then they're going to know the most up-to-date current studies on what is going to be worth your time. Mm-hmm. And I think you should go in with, you know, some list of what it is that you would like to accomplish and what you'd like to see for yourself, what really bothers you. And then also have a little bit of an open mind that maybe what is causing the overall appearance of aging may not be what your eye sees. So you have to be open to listening to their educated opinion and, and then decide, you know, what is the best food treatment for you. No, that makes so much sense. Now, I'm curious. I bet you get like bombarded wherever you go with like women coming up to you when they find out what you do. Like, what should I have done? Tell me what should I do to fix myself? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to hear some of these stories. Tell me what it's like, because you have something like you have something we all want. (laughs) Well, I think the funniest story I have was I was walking into a store to buy jeans and I was walking through and I was just going through, you know, the racks and trying to pick something out. And I could feel this person sort of like walking behind me, like my shadow. And I get to the dressing room and she musters up enough courage and she says, I know who you are. And I just, I need a consult. And she starts, you know, picking my brain. And I'm basically doing a consult while I'm trying to try on jeans. In the, in the oh, wait, wait, room. you're actually like in the dressing room trying on your jeans and she's like talking yes. to you through the curtain. Through the, yes. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is hysterical. So that, and then another time, I was on a deli line and this woman just, you know, she said, you know, can I talk to you for a few minutes? I mean, and there I'm like locked in line, you know? And so I'm like, you you know, do you really want to have this conversation here, you know, in this Uh deli? And she's asking me like, what is she patented for? And things like that. And I mean, you know, this is all, you know, such personal information. So I'm thinking to myself, we could, this book, an appointment with me at the office and we'll have designated time to cover this. So, <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, things like that. And then of course, every party that I go to, I, I'd say one glass of wine in and people have to be cornered for the night. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's a guarantee. <laughs> so what is probably like the most common thing that 
if there is such a thing, like that you would, your response would be to women, like you probably need blank. Is there something that's like, um, not like a magic bullet, but like, cause I think it's different for everybody, obviously, but is there something that like helps people more than, well, you know, again, it just depends things. on what they're looking for. So if there's a lot of like deflation in the face, you know, I would recommend fillers for that person. If there is, if it's really like textural issues or color, then I will recommend topicals. Like just start with home care. It'll be the least expensive thing that they can do. It delivers real noticeable, undeniable change if you have a quality product. So, you know, just starting with something small like that can accomplish a lot and help people feel better. You know, they're going to see improvements in color and texture and lines and their skin is going to take an overall, uh, it'll go through a transformation if done well. And then from there, you know, I can, um, you know, guide them through more specific concerns. So can we talk about fillers for a minute? Sure. Okay. So my friends and I talk about this subject often. And I actually had a friend the other day texted me like early in the morning and she's like, here's a question for you. What can I do about my wrinkled lips? And I just like jokingly wrote back to her filler. Like I thought she was just looking for like, what's a good lip plumper option. And then I wrote back filler, like kind of thinking I was joking with her, but realistically that's, I know like if she really is worried about lines, that's probably like the way to go. And she's like, okay, what kind? So I'm just curious, like, because I think people are like ready to like have that conversation, but they just want the door open. So like, what do fillers do? And like how, I I know you mentioned that fillers often are like hyaluronic acid based, Mm -hmm. but what does that mean? Like to the average person? So they're humectants. Yeah. So they're going to draw water and they will restore that volume that you're looking for. So depending on the ability of the, because the filler is different based on like the cross-linking in the filler. So some filler will be, will be very delicate filler and would address lines in the lips, like specifically the actual lip lines, not to augment the lip, but to smooth out the lip. So it's very delicate and maybe won't have the staying power that some of the other ones do. And you have other fillers that would accomplish volume loss in the mid phase. That's going to require a lot of volume versus a very subtle amount that's in the lip. So they there's, you know, it's a whole umbrella of fillers. And under that umbrella, you can target large areas of volume loss, maybe something that needs a, just a delicate fill and everything in between. What's considered a large area? What's considered a small area? And then even before you get there, like when you say filler, what are we talking about? Like Juvederm? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, yep. Voluma? Like yep. So Juvederm has a whole umbrella of filler underneath it. And yes, so you're looking, Juvederm Voluma would address, you know, some of the larger areas in the face. So filler can be put in many areas of the face. So, you know, it can be put in the temples, it can be put in the cheeks, the nasal label folds to soften some of the transition, the pre-gel sulcus, which separates, it's where somebody is showing evidence of a gel it would fill that little concavity in between the chin and where the jowl is beginning. And it fills that little dip there. So it offsets the look of a jowl and it gives a more defined look and a linear appearance to the mandible. 
So it looks like a straight line versus, you know, some deviations. So you don't see that jowl. It doesn't actually change the fact that the skin is beginning to sag, but it's not as visible. It's not as evident any longer. So they can be placed in many areas. Yeah. The way you describe that, I love that because it it was such a great visual for me as you were talking. It's like, so filler really literally, if you think about it, is that like you see like a little sag or a gap and you Mm -hmm. fill it to like smooth it out, to smooth the transition. I love that you said that because that I've never heard it said that way. And it makes perfect sense when you say it like that. And so one thing that comes up a lot for people is the marionette. So the marionettes, if you think like a little marionette puppet, those lines that descend down from the lip to the chin. And there's only a certain amount of filler, especially when that area is, you start to see some significance there. There's only a certain amount of filler that can be placed. Anything else is going to kind of pop out the other side or only go to a certain saturation point and then that too much filler would cause like a chipmunk appearance in the face. So I think, again, setting the right expectations for people because people will come in and they'll say, oh no, I want this to be completely gone. Well, at that point or that stage in the aging, there's only a certain amount of filler that can be used and too much would give a altered appearance to the face and a puckiness in an unnatural area of the face. So you can get an improvement, but it may not completely soften that transition from the chin going to the cheek. Oh, very interesting. How long do the effects of filler last? So depending on the filler, some of them will last six months and others will last almost two years. Oh, so it's pretty, it can last a pretty long time. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, only certain fillers are appropriate for certain areas of the face. Right. So, you know, you wouldn't use Voluma in the lips. You know, Uh, it just wouldn't be an appropriate filler to put there. It wouldn't accomplish what you were trying to accomplish. Okay. So it's really important to like have that consultation first. So we shouldn't all just like run out and buy the Groupons and then say like, I have a Groupon for blank, use it on my lips. And the other thing is, you know, I work for a facial plastic surgeon and working, you know, he is, I should mention him because he's such a great guy. Yeah, would you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's a very interesting part of what you do as well. He is Ivy League trained. He is a super guy just as a person. He's just a What's his name? Anthony Sperano. Anthony Sperano. Okay. Okay. And his practice is called Sperano Face and Nasal and it's located in Madison, New Jersey. He is a naturalist, so he takes a very natural approach. And getting back to one of your earlier questions, when you need to guide somebody through this and some people become, they like that augmented appearance to their face and they get accustomed to that and they want more, more, more. And you really just need to tell them when it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Because it'll give them that appearance that is an altered look, you know, where they have more of that, for lack of a better word, like ducky, you know. Oh, yeah. I remember, you know, my first, like my first real exposure to that was, remember the movie First Wives Club? Yeah. And that came yes. out in Goldie Hawn with the lips. Yes. Like, yes. I was just like, I was like in my, I would say like my, like right out of college. And I was like, what did she do to herself? And like, right. that was my like whole exposure yes. for the longest Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And it's so important to, there people are counting on you for your professional opinion. And you need to be able to say, 
in the most delicate and respectful way that no, you really have accomplished what you're going to accomplish with fillers and that more filler is not the answer. And, you know, try to give them options to accomplish what it is that is going to make them feel good because people like that augment. Yeah. And I know something you said earlier was there's that in-office treatment, but then sometimes there's topical solutions. And one thing that I love about how you approach your relationship with your patients is that obviously you're committed to giving them like a really high quality treatment experience when they're in the office, but you take your role to the next level, which I think, you know, in my experience has been a pretty rare thing where you're committed to providing like an ongoing support and treatment experience for them at home. Will you just share a little bit about like your philosophy behind that and how that works? Because I think that's such a huge advantage to seeing someone like you, where it's not just you're in, you get what you get, you leave, but like you're establishing sort of a routine for them to continue the experience once they see you. Yes. So when people come to see me, I always book with them a full skin cycle meeting afterwards, a check-in point. And we need... What what uh, does that, sorry, what does that mean, a a full skin cycle? mm -hmm. So the skin is going to go through this maturation cycle and that takes about six weeks from the beginning to the end. And in that time, you're beginning to see some change in the skin. You know, within a few weeks, you're starting to see some of that. Now, I like, especially if I'm dealing with aging skin and people that have a little bit of, uh, they're not in the limelight, you know, they don't have a lot of social engagements coming up and they have time to really take an aggressive approach and cause some acute inflammation to break up the chronic inflammation of aging. And when you take that approach, you're going to have a lot of that peeling, redness, flaking skin, and the skin sort of is stimulated to wake up again and start moving and acting and functioning. So during that time, it can be difficult because people are going through this, you know, acute inflammatory stage. So I have them meet with me at six weeks to make sure that they're getting the results that they're looking for. They're seeing the change in the skin that they want to see. They're starting to see some improvement. If I'm there with them to answer questions, to guide them through it. And also it makes people accountable because almost like that Weight Watchers philosophy where you have that chicken point, you know, it holds them accountable to doing it. Ah. And they're coming to see me. They're making the commitment to changing their skin. And sometimes I find that if they don't schedule to meet with me, then they give up. Uh-huh. And then they, they feel like it was just a waste of their time and money. But when they do meet with me and they follow through on all the things I tell them to do, you know, at six weeks, they come in and they start to see the change and it's just undeniable and it's a beautiful transformation. And then if that that's just the beginning of it. So then we continue to meet. There's no obligation to purchase anything. They're, the only reason that they're meeting with me is just to make sure that they're getting results and that, that I'm there for them if they have questions. and then. You know, as we move along in this journey, what is it that they want to accomplish beyond what we've done just with home care? So being a partner with them and meeting somebody where they're at and delivering the change for them and setting up realistic goals and then using topicals at home, like I said earlier, is the least expensive thing that they can do. It maintains cellular health, which is really the name of the game and what it's about. And visibly, you see some you know, changes in texture and color, 
in reducing inflammation, improvement of acne, stimulating some of the hydration deep in the dermis so that you're not having the dry skin anymore. You're not dependent on moisturizers anymore. I mean, it's really, is just so wonderful to be a part of that with them. And then they know that they could rely on me for accurate information. Interesting. I love that. So now that we're talking about in-home and like what your patients do after the fact, I mean, we're all in-home right now, right? Like we can't yes. get out to come see yep. you. We're all you know, stuck at home right now. So what could we be doing? for ourselves while we're at home to take care of ourselves, you know, while we can't get out to see an esthetician to get a proper facial? Like what tips do you have for us for in-home care? So there's two things I would say I would divide it up between like device, what you could do as far as like device at home and what you could do as far as topical. So oh, I love that. Oh, have? I want to know both. I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's start, start with the treatment the topicals, and then let's move into device because I'm like, that's going to be really interesting. Right. Okay. All right. So when you're using, the first thing I would say, your home run product would be vitamin A. So vitamin A is broken down into two different types. One would be retinoic acid and the other would, and that would be the end point in the cell would be retinoic acid because vitamin A goes through conversions to get to retinoic acid. And the other would be retinol. So you're getting upregulation of, of the collagen and elastin, so the proteins in the skin. You're getting improvement in color, in texture, in the reduction of pigment. It softens the keratin, so you're getting a smoother finish on the skin. You're getting rid of those rough textures. And you're seeing a definite improvement in the fine lines and wrinkles. So it's just a home run ingredient. But like I was saying earlier, retinoic acid is going to be a prescription. So that's like your retin-A. Yeah. And it's going to have downtime. So you're having like six to eight weeks of like redness, irritation. You may have to work into it a little bit. But I've actually been telling people, this is the perfect time to start because we're at home. Like if we're flaking a little bit or we're a little red, like this is the best time to start on a vitamin A treatment if we're not already on one or to like up level and get a little bit more aggressive if we've wanted to try, but haven't wanted to like deal with that. Is that, yes? am I giving you some good advice here? (laughs) Absolutely. They should be listening to you. Definitely. (laughs) I was uh, not. You could see me a few weeks ago. My face was peeling off. I increased the strength of mine a couple of weeks ago too. And I had like this flaking around my chin area. And I was like, but I was so excited. I was like, yes. Absolutely. Because you know what it'll look like in the end, right? So give it six weeks. And it just, it's a beautiful, your skin will become stronger. So it fortifies the skin. And you'll be able to, your skin will be much more tolerant. So a lot of people that have been using a lot of moisturizers, I'm not a big fan of moisturizers unless absolutely necessary. But it weakens the skin and it, it reduces the cellular communication that tells the body, you know, your body's going to respond to stimulation. So you're, you're taking away that stimulation because you're putting on these water, protein, and lipids in a concentration that's unnatural to the skin. And you don't allow these skin cells, you know, we're looking for them to turn over all the time, right? That's where we do peels and, and you're keeping them stuck on. So it causes a lot of sensitivity in the skin because the skin just gets weaker. So that's the moisturizers. Right. Not the so vitamin A. Right, exactly. So when you're using vitamin A, it's doing the exact opposite. So it really strengthens the skin beyond all of the other wonderful things that I was talking about earlier. Now, retinols are a little more acceptable for people because they're 
more tolerable. You know, you're, you're not going to have as much redness and you're going to notice, you know, the skin is starting to brighten up and the textures are improving and you're getting a lot of the benefits, but it's just not going to be as aggressive. And those um, you can get over the counter. And those you can get over the counter. Yep. And the downside of using them is that there's a lot of photosensitivity. So, you know, the stronger the retinol, the more likely you are to burn very quickly. So you could really have significant burning. So you absolutely cannot tolerate being in the sun when you, you know, you're using those ingredients. So you have to be really careful about using them, you know, out in the sun. So does that mean that that we shouldn't go in the sun? Or does that mean if we have a good SPF on, we're still good? Um, well, it depends. It's, SPF is not necessarily going to do it. It's not necessarily enough of a protection for the level of sensitivity, particularly if you're the lighter skin. Even the retinols. So at work, I use Zio Obashi's Zio Skin Health. And I mean, it is an amazing product. Even their retinols are so strong that I cannot tolerate them if I'm in the sun and I'm very fair skin. So. Got it. Okay. So you mentioned retinols and you said there was a second yeah. topical. So I would say vitamin C would definitely be my next go-to. So the, the vitamin C I would say is almost as important as vitamin A as far as what it can accomplish. So the most important thing that vitamin C will accomplish is it'll cause your amino acids to become really strong, the proteins in the skin to become really strong. So it's essential for the production of hydroxyproline, which is one of the amino acids in collagen. And hydroxyproline gives the strength to the collagen fibers. So that to me is the most important thing, but it works synergistically with A&E. It's best delivered and the changes and the improvement in wrinkle, wrinkles and texture are the best when it's paired with vitamin E in a topical. I use an anhydrous, anhydrogenous uh, form of vitamin C where it's without water. Vitamin C is very temperamental and it'll break mm-hmm. down very yeah. easily. So it has to be delivered in a low pH, which can cause some irritation for people. But this is a lipid delivery. When you think about delivering products to the skin, you have to get through this barrier of proteins and lipids. So using products that have a oil and water or a liposome that's going to deliver or an oil base, like a, a lipid base, I should say, would be a better term. And then it'll deliver well into the skin and be received into the cellular membranes. And so using that form of it would be the most efficacious form of the vitamin C is the uh, tetrahexyl decal ascorbate form of it. Yes, that's what I use. That's right, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I so, think that that's, you. I love that you bring that up because it's not just like going out and getting you know, an expensive vitamin A or vitamin C. It's like the delivery of it and how it's formulated is as important because of how readily your skin can actually take it in, right? And so that's where I would say, that's why you're paying the top dollar for products is it has the formulation of the delivery system. That's what really separates one product from another and just higher quality ingredients that they would be using. And having delivery system that can deliver those antioxidants into the cells or, you know, whatever it is that it's trying to do, peptides or whatever it's trying to deliver. So that's why you're going to pay for more expensive products. 
but you'll know that it's working because you're going to see the change in the skin. And it shouldn't be like, oh, maybe. It should be, yes, I feel that my skin is softer. I see that the tone is now becoming even. I'm seeing a reduction in pigment or that the lines are softening. It should be undeniable. Mm. And that's, it's so hard for a consumer to know what's in this and how is the delivery system working? And is it efficacious in getting the ingredients into my cells and making the changes that it claims? And you'll know that because you'll actually see the change happening. I love that. Okay. So vitamin A and vitamin C mm-hmm. are what I am hearing you say is like they're strengthening they're helping us yes. in our skin. They're so it's strength. like helping us kind of battle that aging process that's happening yes. naturally. And they'll, they will also, like uh, vitamin C, if, when it's performed in studies, it not only does it offset DNA damage, which is really, you know, the name of the game because then you're talking about inflammation and aging really is inflammation when it gets down to it. But it also will keep the cells alive longer if they've been exposed to UV radiation. It has so many wonderful oh properties. It accomplishes many wonderful things intracellularly. So I would say those two hands down are that and then sunscreen, you know, Okay. So ladies take note, we need our vitamin A, our vitamin C, and of course our sunscreen. Now let's talk about devices. Some of this, like some of these gadgets that we all hear about, what should we invest in? And what are your recommendations there? So there's some really great technologies out there that you can use that probably sound like fluff, but really deliver change. So when you're thinking about some things at home, you could do LED. So LED is using, it's like photosynthesis for the skin. And you're using energy, photon energy that's delivered in this a pulsed method, because that seems to be how the cells interact with the pulse light better than they do with this continuous stream of light. And it's called photobiomodulation. And it's communicating with the mitochondria of the cells. And using this device, and the one that I'll talk about in a minute, is almost like supercharging the mitochondria in the cells. Mitochondria are your powerhouse. They're the energy. Supercharging the mitochondria. That's like, yep. that's the phrase of the day. That's, <laughs> that's the phrase of the day. Supercharge yep. mitochondria. Yep. So you create, and that changes how the cell operates, right? So it's delivered at different wavelengths. And depending on what you're trying to accomplish, the different wavelengths will help you do that. So, you know, 400 nanometers are going, that's going to be like a blue light. And that's going to cause the bacteria on the skin to break down and kill itself. So that would be great for somebody that has acne. Mm -hmm. Now, the yellow light uh, is going to help with reducing inflammation. It's getting to that top papillary layer of the dermis, which is the uppermost portion of the dermis. That would be wonderful for somebody that has rosacea. You're not going to see as much redness. It's not going to take it all away. You know, it's not a laser, but it's going to reduce that facial redness that uh, is so prominent with rosacea. And then when you're getting into the red and urine for red rays frequencies, those are going to stimulate the collagen production. So that's where you're going to see the benefits of the anti-aging. You could depend, it's used for many things actually, like tissue repair and, and many wonderful anti-aging and for chronic pain and things like that. But depending on what you're trying to accomplish, you would change the duration and your distance from the light. So you would be using something that would be very close up to the face. There's thousands of studies supporting the benefits of using LED light and near infrared rays. 
And my favorite devices are the Juve, the Red Rush, and Saluma. All of them make a really quality product. Mm-hmm. Not expensive. You can buy something, you know, like a travel size or a handheld, or you can, you know, we have ones that actually they wrap up the face. So you, can I have like the full hockey mask one, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I the hockey mask. Because one. I was I, gonna buy a handheld, and then my friend was like, "Well, you don't want to sit there for a half an hour with moving it around your face. Just get one well, that you, goes." So that's a good point because the cells have to have exposure of a certain amount of time. So you're looking at somewhere around fifteen to thirty minutes of time each day, you know, using mm-hmm. the light therapy, but it absolutely works. And then my second go-to would be using microcurrent. So microcurrent is just one of my loves. I think what you can change, how you can change the, the facial muscles is amazing. And again, undeniable. It's, it's, you will see it when you start using it. They have a lot of devices on the market that you can get, you know, around the 300 mark. I don't think they're as good as the professional devices, but certainly they deliver change. And, and you know, what are these, them. like, what are the devices that so, we would be familiar well, with um, wise for microcurrent? So face would be one that people face, right. Okay. Yeah. But you could get that, you know, you know, new face has a, has a website, you could get a new face. And microcurrent, your body uses communicators like electrical currents and chemical communication. And that's how it tells the body how to function. And the mitochondria has its own little membrane and the cell membrane has all, they're all surrounded by electrical energy. And the microcurrent will, it's a low level frequency and it's mimics almost naturally your cellular communication, your cellular frequencies. And it stimulates the mitochondrial production. It helps the absorption of amino acids. It stimulates collagen production. And you can stimulate muscle tightening. So when you use it every day, you can start to see the facial muscles tighten up again. And if you have, you're using the polarity, so you can Mm -hmm. even tighten you can lengthen the muscles. So the lines in between the brows that cause, you know, those furrows, those angry 11s, you can lengthen them and soften them. So it works to lift and tighten it and it works to soften and lengthen. I love it. I love it. Okay. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to turn the tables a little bit on on you. So what do you use? Like, what are your must-haves? And then also like, what makes you feel confident and beautiful? Well, I think... What I use at home are a lot of the things that I'm talking to you about is, you know, I'm using them. So those are in your routine. Okay. I love that. Those are definitely in my routine and they make a difference. And I feel like I look better. I feel better when I look better and they definitely accomplish those tasks. I'm not afraid to be a little experimental on my face. So, you know, I'll do things like microneedling and, you know, I'll peel myself and, but I have access to a lot of that stuff. I know people at home don't have access to some mm-hmm. of those things. Um, and, you know, this is actually a good point, a little segue here. One thing that I would proceed with caution are the dermal rollers, which I love microneedling. And there's a lot of benefit and the types of collagen that they simulate are wonderful and you'll see visible results. But they're not all created equal. And some of them are coming from countries that are using not needles, but blades on 
their devices. And even a professional would have a difficult time knowing the difference. You really have to magnify them, you know, to make sure that they're not a blade and they're really needle. Other have little lips on them and they tear at the skin. So they're a needle with like a little lip at the end. So instead of like a smooth delivery into the skin, you're getting, you know, a tearing of the skin. So it actually causes tissue damage and tearing, you know, instead of a controlled injury. Okay. So the word of caution is like derma needling. Be cautious of doing that to yourself. Yes. Save that for professional. Yes. Or get it from somebody, you know, study, listen to their content and, uh, you know, what are they putting out there? What are they writing? Do they know what they're doing? Are they a reliable source? And then, you know, then it's a wonderful treatment to do. And make sure you keep them clean because I've seen some horrific infections mm. from people doing it at home. And the one I get a lot of questions about actually is dermaplaning. Yes. What are your so thoughts on that? Absolutely. And people can do this at home too. That's a great suggestion. I mean, that's really versatile treatment that you can use the dermaplaning. I use a surgical blade when I'm doing the dermaplaning so I get a really nice close contact with the skin and it pulls up the vellus hair, that soft vellus hair. It is, Ladies, that's the peach fuzz. The peach fuzz. <laughs> and it does not grow in thicker, darker. Thank anything. you. Right. So it does, do not worry about that. That's not going to happen. Okay, um, debunking myths here. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. But it will take up the dead skin. It will give a softer feel to the skin. It'll give a brighter appearance. You can use a little enzyme beforehand. So if you have anything that's like a packing, you could put it on like a pumpkin enzyme or, I mean, there's so many wonderful enzymes out there and that will break up the proteins, these desmosomes that keep the skin cells stuck together. And you leave that on for like 10 minutes or whatever, you know, product you're using, I'll give you instructions and you rinse it off and then you do the dermaplaning. Beautiful, because now you're taking up a nice layer of the epidermis. That stratum corneum is coming up. Ah, I've never right. I love that. I've never thought to do the enzymes before. I do the dermaplaning, but I'm going to do that next time. You could use ingredients like niacinamide to keep the skin nice and bright, vitamin C, azelaic acid. All those things will keep the skin really nice and bright afterwards so you can maintain, you know, your results and looking like have that really dewy look to the skin, which, you know, everybody's always wanting. Oh, that's such great information. All right. One of the next thing I want to talk to you about is I know that you're really, really passionate about giving back and helping women. And that's just something that you've done like since your early, early days before you even Mm -hmm. got into skincare. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about Skin Solutions with Sue. What is that? And why did you start it? And what are your goals? So uh, I started it really, I get no gain from it whatsoever, not at work or anywhere. I have started putting together lectures and going to different places that have the same philosophies that I do about wellness and giving lectures for women so they can better understand how to take care of their skin and have me to just get information and reliable information. And I can help guide them. I do this in a group setting, so it's not like individual consultations, but I give a presentation on how to be your best self through beautiful skin. And what they can do at home, what they should be, how they can be taking care of their skin, what to look for in the back of bottles, 
things like that. So they feel educated and knowledgeable when they're going out in the world. And everybody has a different amount that they can spend on their skincare. So, you know, what's the biggest bang for their buck? What's worth the investment? What's not? how to accomplish their goals. And I've just have put this together because after years of working for a facial plastic surgeon and, you know, coming up on my 50th birthday is not that far away from me, but listening to the same concerns repeated all the time from women. And I realized how little reliable information there is. People don't know who to trust or what to trust. So I've just put together my years of experience. You know, I've had my license for 18 years and uh, so much knowledge after working with a facial plastic surgeon that I wanted to deliver to people so that they feel empowered to make the right choices for them. I love this. So you're just sharing your knowledge, your years of experience, and just making it accessible for women who could otherwise not maybe afford to come see you or have the means to like see somebody in a professional setting, but giving them the tools and the knowledge to be able to take care of themselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love so that. I've been partnering with stores, with spas, destination spas, little shops locally that are also like-minded and they're thinking of for wellness and, and beauty. And I know that it attracts the same clientele of people that are interested in taking care of themselves. I think that's just so beautiful. I, You know what? I'm so happy that you're doing that because I feel like that's kind of what what we all need. We all need that resource. And some of us have more access to that information than other people. And the fact that you're sharing that is such a wonderful thing. And I know that there are going to be so many women that are going to be able to benefit from that. I mean, I learned a lot even today and I feel like I already know a lot. I mean, you know, that's my own, um, myself and know it all, but you You do know a lot. You are a good resource. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I, okay. So that's, Skin Solutions with Sue, and I know you're going to do great big things with that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing you your knowledge me. with us. It's always wonderful to speak with you. I so know. I look forward to our next time together. I do too. Hey, and so by the way, just, you know, are you doing a Zoom consult for me? Because that's what I wanted right. at the end of this. Can I, I get absolutely. like... <laughs> definitely do that. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Sue, for joining us today. And everybody, we'll see you next week on Get Glowing with Hanny. Bye. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Glowing with Hanny. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss an episode. And tell all your friends about it. Share the love and come join us on our Facebook page, Get Glowing with Hanny. And tag me on Instagram at Patel. And if you got inspired by us to try a new product or technique, please tag me on that. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you found a new product that you think I need to try, you can also email me directly at getglowing at Thanks for listening and see you back here on our next episode.